Well, hello, New Spring Church. Good morning, whether you're on a campus or whether you're online or maybe you're even on a treadmill, listen to this in a podcast after the fact. Anderson Campus, can you help me welcome everybody, all the campuses out there? We're grateful for you. In your living rooms or on a campus, we're pumped. We're starting a brand new series today, and this series is, is called Hearing God. Hearing God. If you've got your app, you can open them up. Your notes will be there live on the New Spring app. I want to go ahead and let you know that. And uh, I want you to go ahead and take your Bible out, and you can throw it open to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Well, we woke up this morning and there's a little bit of frost on the pumpkin, wasn't there? And, uh, and I don't know if you're like me, the last couple of days, I have been just soaking up sports. Uh, I mean, it was a time, and you know what's crazy? Like next week is the Masters. That's insane. It's not next week. It's like a month from now, but it's crazy that it's going to be here because COVID canceled everything. But over the course of the last couple of days, if you like sports, you've been enjoying it. I know our Myrtle Beach campus loves this because I don't know if you knew this, but in the middle of the week, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers beat the ranked Louisiana Lafayette team down there at Coastal Carolina. And so I know our Myrtle Beach campus in Conway, they're pumped up about this. And so we wanna give a shout out to the Chanticleers. Saturday morning, I got up maybe like you did. And uh, I, I got out into the yard, actually. I think I mowed my grass perhaps for the last time this year. Any amens out there? Mowed their grass for the last time, okay. And uh, came in at lunch to watch the kickoff of both of our big state schools, both South Carolina, beating Auburn this weekend and the Clemson Tigers embarrassing the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And so shout outs to both of those schools and fan bases. I know you are pumped. And, uh, and then I actually got a chance to watch the, the, the hometown baseball team for all of the Southeast, the Atlanta Braves and the NLCS. And they broke our hearts yesterday afternoon, didn't they? I see some of those, but, but you'll, you'll, you'll be encouraged to know that I got a text message this morning from a coach that's a part of the Dodgers organization. And he said, I, we got the Dodgers organization covered. He's a part of our New Spring family. So if the Braves kick it again, all right, we at least know we've got a New Spring man that loves Jesus on the Dodgers team, okay? So you can pull for the Braves, but you can maybe just, you know, solidly let your heart be okay with there's a strong Christian coach out there for the Dodgers, all right? And then last night, I went to bed watching the UGA Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide. I woke up this morning to find out that the state of Georgia needs to pray and fast or something because they're just catching L's right now. They can't win in football. They can't win in baseball. It's just bad news. But good news, you're at a church in South Carolina. So anyway, all that aside, y'all ready for the Bible? All right, let's go. First Samuel chapter uh, three, and I'm gonna just paraphrase this uh, because I would read the whole chapter, but I, I want you to know my kids have favorite stories in the scriptures. And I don't know if you grew up loving different stories. Maybe it was Daniel and, and the lion's den, or maybe my, my middle baby girl, Mary Bradford, she loves David and Goliath 100 times out of 100. You give her the option, she wants to know about David and Goliath. I'm like, it's the same as it was last time, but she loves it. But my oldest, Campbell, she has a favorite story, and it's the one we're going to talk about in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now, the, the context here is God's people have been in a season of a lot of quietness in terms of hearing from God. And as we start this journey, I wanted you to know that if you have this huge question of, is God still speaking? Can I hear from God? Uh, is there a way to lean in and, and, and hear from God? I want you to know emphatically, I'm going to look right in the camera and tell you, yes, 
Absolutely, it is your right and privilege to hear from God as a Christian. I wanna even say it's your responsibility to hear from God. And 1 Samuel chapter three is this really beautiful story of a young man hearing the voice of God. Here's what happens. Uh, This young man was born to a mama named Hannah. And Hannah had never been able to have kids. She was crying one day in the temple, in the tabernacle actually. And and God told her, spoke to her, you're going to have a son. Just trust me and you will have a son. So she trusts God, goes home. And this is how faith works. God spoke a word, but she had some action. All right, there was only one immaculate conception in the scripture and it wasn't Hannah. So she had an action to take part in trusting that God was gonna give her a son. And so she does. Well, wouldn't you know it, a year later, she has a son. She names this son Samuel. And she had told the Lord, if you give me a son, I'm gonna give him to you. So she brings Samuel, the baby, into the tabernacle a year later, and she dedicates this boy, gives the son to uh, the the priest there. His name is Eli. So uh, two big big characters I need you to make sure you get because these characters and the way that they hear from God are going to be huge over this entire series. So the first one is Eli. On every campus, I need you to say Eli on three. One, two, three, Eli. And the other one is Samuel. I need you to say Samuel on three. One, two, three. Samuel. So Samuel, the baby boy, is given to Eli the priest in 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. You can read this whole story. And mama, Hannah, comes back to the tabernacle every single year to bring new clothes to her son who she's given to the Lord. So Samuel grows up in the house of God following Eli and ultimately learning what a priest is supposed to do. And and mama comes back every single year to bring new clothes because he was a growing boy and gives him new clothes every single year. Well, in 1 Samuel chapter three, Samuel is laying down. He's asleep in his bed in the tabernacle. And while he's asleep, he's kind of half asleep, got his eyes closed. He hears his name, Samuel. He gets up out of bed and he runs to Eli's room and he wakes Eli up. It's kind of strange. Why are you asleep? You just called me. He wakes Eli up and he goes, here I am, Eli. And Eli goes, what are you doing, Samuel? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. How many of you parents have had one of these moments with your kids? All right, I know I have in mine. Uh, this last week, I'm in my bed asleep and all of a sudden I feel like this weird kind of coming out of a dream moment. I feel like breath on my face and I wake up and my daughter is right here in my face. Any other parents have had that happen? Scare you to death, right? Okay, and you're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And, hey, dad, I couldn't sleep. Yeah, I know, but why are you like breathing on me? You know, anyway. So this is what I envisioned happens between Samuel and Eli. Sends him back to bed. Samuel goes back to bed. While he's asleep, he hears it again. Samuel, Samuel, oh oh gosh, jumps out of bed, goes and sees Eli, 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 what's going on? I heard your voice. Eli, he's gotta be annoyed at this point. I did not call you, Samuel. Go back to your room. If you come back in this room again, there will be consequences. That's not in the Bible. That's just the way I had as parents, you know, there's consequences. Samuel goes back to his room again, a third time, and he lays down and he's like, what is going on? I'm sure, oh my goodness, about the time he's about to fall asleep. Samuel, Samuel. He jumps up and he, he, and you can, in the text, you can see Samuel's a little bit perturbed. He comes to Eli and he goes, I know I heard you. I've heard you speaking to me, Eli. What is it you want? What is it you want? And it's this moment, Eli realizes, ah, this is not my voice he's hearing. This is the voice of God. Here's what I want you to write down. God is always speaking. The real question that we've got to answer in this series is, are we positioned to listen? He's always speaking. And so 
Eli says, okay, Samuel, here's what you do. If you go back and you're laying down in your bed again and you hear the voice, this time I want you to say a word. I want you to say back to the Lord. That's who you're hearing from. Say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. And so sure enough, Samuel goes back to his room. He lays down, Samuel, Samuel. Yes, Lord, your servant is listening. And God begins to download on Samuel all kinds of things, incredible things, things that are gonna change the course of the future for God's people. And it, it's, it's wild. And then he goes back uh, to sleep after he hears from God. I want you to know that's, that's a, a picture, if you will, of what's happening in the earth today. So on every single campus, young and old, you have a choice to make. Are you going to hear like Samuel or are you going to hear the voice of God like Eli? We'll come back to that at the end, but I just want you to know that's the decision you get to make every single week of this series as we talk about hearing from God. You have a choice to make. Will you hear like Samuel with his posture or will you hear, hear like Eli? Now, I love this story. My daughter loves this story, but the reason is because I first heard the voice of the Lord when I was a little boy. Maybe you did too. Uh, I was a little boy and I first heard the, the voice of the Lord and, and that's ultimately how I became a Christian. And I remember in that season hearing this phrase and I want you to write it down. Here's the phrase. The phrase is this. I, I was told that Christianity isn't, isn't a religion. That's not what Christianity is ultimately a religion. It's about a relationship. How many of y'all have heard that phrase before? Show of hands, all right? Lots of people. And it's true. But I want you to know that God desires a relationship with you. This is not about religious activity. And at the, at the time when I was a little boy, I was in the church. I, I, I had grown up in church. I'd been around the things of God. I knew when to stand up, sit down, pray. I knew what songs to sing. I knew all of the Christianese language. But I remember when I first heard the voice of God and heard this statement, I realized I did not have a relationship with the Lord. I had religious activity. I was a part of a church, my family's, but I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe perhaps that's what you'll realize throughout the course of this next six week series, or perhaps you'll realize that there's some things because you have a relationship that Jesus died on the cross to give you and I, and, and I want you to know, this is what God wants. He wants an ongoing dialogue. He wants a relationship. And I want you to know that this is where your relationship begins. It all begins with hearing the voice of God. That's why it says in Romans 10, verse 17, so faith comes from what, church? Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. You need to know that every single person that has ever been saved got that way because they heard the voice of Jesus. That's why Jesus, seven times in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he, he'll say this phrase again. He'll, he'll preach a section and then he'll say, um, he'll say this phrase. He'll say, anyone who has ears to hear, let him hear. And seven times in the gospels, he also says that, by the way, seven times to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. He says, anybody that's got ears to hear, let them hear. Because he's making a point, not everyone who actually hears the, the, the words that he's saying is actually going to follow through with what he's saying, because there's a difference between hearing and listening. Uh, in the 915 service, I was here preaching, and there was a guy sitting on this front row, had a Patriots jersey on. He's a big Patriots fan. And uh, it, it reminded me of a story I'd heard from a friend of mine that had been around Coach Bill Belichick. He's the coach of the Patriots. And Coach Belichick is famous for being just a, a genius, right? He's a future Hall of Famer. He's, and so here's what happened. My friend actually was around him at Alabama. So 
NFL coach Bill Belichick comes to visit Alabama, Nick Saban's team, and he's visiting all the juniors and seniors that are going to look forward to playing in the NFL. This happens all the time in football. The coaches will come and visit the different places. And so Coach Saban gets there and he actually is meeting with like 35, 40 potential NFL prospects that want to play in the NFL. They've got dreams and aspirations to go on and play uh, in the NFL. And so he shows up at Alabama and, and my friend says that Coach Belichick walks in and he gets introduced to all the juniors and seniors at Alabama. And Coach Bill Belichick is short, short of words. He says, hey, I just wanted to say I'm excited to be here on campus today. I'm excited to watch you guys practice today. Looking forward to seeing many of you at the next level in the NFL. Perhaps some of you might play for the world champion Patriots, okay? And, uh, and so I wanted to introduce to you a friend of mine that's with me, and he turns and he introduces another coach that's with him. This coach ends up uh, sharing a little bit of his story. He, he tells everybody there, hey, it's an exciting time. He tells them where he grew up. He tells them how he became a coach. He tells them how he ultimately joined the Patriots organization, and that he's pumped about being at practice today with the, the Alabama team. The, the team, uh, that's all he does. Okay, guys, we'll see you out there at practice. And they leave. They all go out to practice. They have a, a normal day of football practice. There's a lot of effort, a lot of talent, a lot of people going really hard. They get done with practice. They come back into the locker room, and Coach Belichick is back with the team. He's back with those NFL prospects, and he says, well done today at practice, guys. I've got one thing I wanted you to do before I leave, one last thing, and he pushes a test, a pop quiz, across the table to all of these NFL prospects. On the test are 10 questions, not about football. They're 10 questions about his friend that he introduced at the beginning of practice. He wanted to find out how many of the guys in the room were just hearing the words and how many guys in the room were actually listening to what his friend said. Um, the stats came back and the highest grade, anybody got any guesses out of a 10 question pop quiz? The highest grade of the entire room was a three, 30%. And Coach Belichick looked at every one of these high talent, the highest talents you can have, prospects, and he says, hey, I just wanna let you know, you might have the athletic skill to play at the next level, but you don't have the listening skills to play for the Patriots. So I want you to work on that this year. Maybe we'll see you in New England next year. You can just imagine the kind of, oh my gosh, mental thing that went through all of these athletes' heads. And so one of them actually got drafted the next year as a tight end named O.J. Howard. He got drafted and played for the, and so you can just imagine, he's thinking about this differently because what Coach Belichick is pointing out is the same thing that Jesus points out again and again and again. There are lots of people that hear the words of the scriptures, but there are few people that are actually listening and obeying what the Bible says. It's God's heart for every single one of us to hear and follow. I want you to know you don't just begin the journey with Jesus by hearing his word. I want you to know you also continue in the journey with Jesus by hearing his word. That's why it says right here, Jesus actually says in John 10, 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. You see, if you hear God, you have a responsibility and that responsibility is to follow. And here's the promise attached to what Jesus says in John 10, 27. If you would hear and follow, well, he goes on to say in 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So the promise is if you hear the voice of God and you begin to trust him again and again and again, you can look forward to forever with him. 
That's not the words of me, that's the words of Jesus. And you can take them to the bank. And so what I wanna do for the next few moments is I wanna give you four ways to tune in to the voice of Jesus in your life because I think one of the most practical things many of us could do today is simply this. We need to stop trying to turn down the world's noise and we need to start tuning in to the voice of Jesus, amen? We've got a lot of things happening in the earth. There's a lot of things always happening in the earth, but we need to tune in to the voice of Jesus in the midst of it because we can't control all the other stuff, but we can control how the voice of Jesus is a focal point in our lives. So question, here it is. How do we tune in to the voice of God? Number one, here's how you tune into the voice of God. The scriptures, the scriptures. Let me just say it like this. This might be a little bit razor sharp, but I want you to know it's the truth. It's gonna be very hard for you to hear from the Lord if your Bible is closed. There's a lot of people, and again, I've been there, who, who will carry a Bible, they'll say they follow Jesus, but when's the last time you really opened up and read the word of God? The scriptures is how we hear from God. I heard a preacher say this one time, you wanna hear from God, then you just need to read the Bible because God is talking all the time. And if you would read it, you would hear from God, amen? Hear from God by reading the scriptures. Here's what the Bible says about the scripture. It says, all scripture, Paul writes to Timothy, all scripture is what? breathed out by God. Every single part of this Bible is breathed out by God and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. I know we've got some folks that have maybe fallen into New Spring Church uh, over the last couple of months. We've seen a lot of first-time families. I know uh, we're hearing news about this all the time that are jumping in or leaning in or, or moving from other places and here you are. I want you to know what kind of church you're in. You are in a church that believes these words, every single one of them. We are a Jesus church. We are a Bible church. One of our values you'll see on the walls of our campus is that we're gonna be a church that trusts the promises of God. Every single one of these words are true. And um, I just wanna let you know this. Next year at New Spring Church 2021, we've been praying about this. But one of the things we want you to hear about ahead of time is that 2021 is gonna be the year of the Bible. We're believing for it and we're going to build around it all of next year. It is the word of God and it is ultimately how we hear from God. And if you wanna hear from God, you gotta tune in to the word of God. Um, it was about a year ago, uh, the lead team, we got invited up to Washington, D.C. Now, I have only been to D.C. twice in my whole life. Once was for a wedding and once was this trip. And uh, we weren't there for any political reasons. We were there because there's a museum called the Museum of the Bible. And we were invited to be a part of a group of people who were going to help the word of God get all over the world. And it was really cool to find out about this truth. Did you know that we are, within the next 16 years, is what they're predicting, over the next 16 years, the entire Bible will be translated into every known language on planet Earth. 16 years. So basically in our lifetime, we will be able to see and experience the scriptures translated into every tongue on earth. Now that may be crazy to you because you're English and you read English, but what, what kind of craziness would it be to grow up in a world, to speak a language and have never heard the truth of John three sixteen in your own heart language? And so one of the things that your church invests in, one of our mission partners is a group called Illuminations that is working right now vigorously to translate the scriptures 
scriptures into every single known language on planet earth because we believe in the word of God. So if you give or are a part of giving in New Spring Church, you need to know that's one of the partners we have because we know that when people read the word of God, they hear the voice of God. And that's the first thing you need to know if you're tuning in to hear from God. Number two is you need to know the Holy Spirit is the second way we hear from God. The scriptures and the Holy Spirit, let me show it to you. Jesus said these words in John 14, 26. Jesus told his disciples, he said, but the helper, capital H, helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So one of the things that we've got to recognize is that the Holy Spirit today is still at work helping to make the word of God known. There's, there's two different ways the Greek talks about the word of God. One is the logos, which is the actual written text, and one is the rhema, which is the living word, the right now word. You've probably experienced this if you're reading your Bible in the morning or maybe in the evening and all of a sudden it feels like one of the, the, the verses just jumps off the page and you're like, I read that whole chapter, but the one I'm gonna remember today is that, that verse from James 1, where it says, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And that just lifted out of the chapter of James. That's an example of a rhema word. that It's a living word. And so the Holy Spirit is still at work today, everywhere, making the voice of Jesus known. If you've ever had a question about whether people in other countries or people on South Pacific islands are gonna know God, what you need to know is that God is speaking to them through the power of the Holy Spirit all the time. One of our other ministry partners is a, is a group called Crossover Global. They plant churches in all kinds of really difficult places. And one of the things that we hear back from them on the regular is when they show up in a Muslim community, in an Islamic space, one of the things that they'll find out is that many Muslims who have never been to church in their life, they've never read a scripture ever, have been having dreams at night about Jesus and they don't know it's Jesus. And so when they get in a conversation, it's like the Lord by his spirit has gone before the missionaries and has already been preparing the hearts of these Islamic people to say yes to Jesus. And so what you need to know, I know this is crazy, America. What you need to know is God right now by the power of his spirit is working everywhere in the earth to let people know he is real, he is true. If you wanna see an example of this in the scriptures, we're about to come up on one when we talk about the wise men at Christmas. They didn't grow up in a Christian context, but God found a way to speak to them in the middle of where they were and draw them into a relationship. That's what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit is one of the other ways we hear from God. Number three, I want you to write this down, is we hear from people. We hear from people. We hear from the Word of God. We hear from the Holy Spirit. And we, we hear from God with people. Now, uh, what I need to say is this. I, I know that you probably, like me, have people in your life that love to give advice. If you know someone that loves to give you advice, would you just wave at me? You, you, so if someone who loves to give advice is sitting near you, you just wanna point at them and give them this, like this? Okay, all right. Here's what I wanna say to you. It's so important that you have counsel in your life that loves to give advice. But one of the things I wanna tell you is if you wanna tune into the voice of God in your life, you don't just need to listen to any old person. You don't need to be listening to the loudest person. You need to be listening to the people in your life who have a relationship with the Word of God and have a relationship with the Spirit of God because those kind of friends that are friends of God are the best kind of friends that you need in your life. Can I get an amen? All right, you need friends that are friends with God. 
So many times we lean into what people are saying on social media for advice, or we lean into the, what the girls at the beauty salon are saying, or what, what the fellas on the golf course are saying, or, or what my buddies at work are saying. Or, and I wanna just give you permission to begin to prioritize the voice in your life. You don't need to take a vote when it comes to the voice in your life, okay? Opinions are not supposed to be counted. Opinions are supposed to be weighed. And there's certain voices in your life whose words are heavy and true. And I'm really grateful that I've got people in my life that speak into my life and give me amens or give me warnings and that help me hear from the Lord. And one of the best ways you'll know if you have some of these people in your life is that you hear regularly from people who would lovingly disagree with you. Because I, I'm just telling you, you don't need people to tell you all the time that you're perfect, that you just do whatever feels right, just keep doing, do whatever makes you happy. That, that is not the voice of wisdom. That's the voice of Satan, the enemy. You need to have people in your life that love you enough to look at you in the face and say, hey friend, I gotta raise a flag of warning. That's not the kind of guy you need to be dating. Hey friend, I love you enough to tell you that's not the kind of habit you wanna be forming. Hey, I, I know that you and your wife are, are, are going through this issue, but I wanna let you know that going out with the girlfriends while you and your husband are going through this issue is not gonna ultimately lead to a healthy marriage. And you need people in your life that'll look you in the face and say the things to you that you don't wanna hear. I do too. And I want you to know that it's one of the best tests of a good friend is do you have friends in your life that love you enough to tell you and challenge you what you ultimately don't wanna hear? The, the book of Proverbs talks about that, hey, wounds from a friend can be trusted. And how many of us know we need more friends that love us enough to actually, just like a parent, that would tell us, hey, that's not gonna be good for you long-term. And so people that are friends of God, you need some of those in your life. That's why, hey, Every single one of us needs mentors and small groups and community. I got to have uh, dinner this week with some of the dudes in my life that many of them are, are business leaders and they're, they're just, you know, retirees, but we got to eat together and just lean into the things of God and they are great counsel in my life. You need some of that in your life. You need to join a group today, perhaps. Don't leave your campus without signing up to be a part of some real community. I know some of our ladies that were at the women's conference this weekend got to lean into some of this as well. So number one is the word. Number two is the spirit. Number three is people. Number four, oh, I need to give you the example of this in scripture. Acts 15, 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us is what they, the church leaders are writing there in Acts 15. It seems good to the Holy Spirit because we're leaning to him and to us to lay hands on you uh, and have no greater burden. This was an example in the church where they had a big question of what to do. People were looking for discernment. They wanted to lean into the voice of God. And so they, they let the leaders in their life pray about it and talk about it. And these leaders pray about it and talk about it and they trust it in Acts chapter 15. So number four is circumstances. Circumstances. So maybe you think certain things are happening in your life because of luck or maybe it's just, um, maybe it's just, you know, I don't know. Oh, what a coincidence. Never, not in scripture. The Bible talks about this in the book of 1 Corinthians. Paul writes, he says, I'm gonna stay here in Ephesus until Pentecost, but he's writing to the Corinthian church for a wide door, the circumstances for effective ministry work open to me. So many times in your life, it'll look like a door is closing or a door is opening. And that's one of the ways you can know that you're hearing from the Lord. 
Now, when you begin to add all of these things up, if you wanna move in confidence as a Christian, you need to move in confidence when you see something in the word of God, you feel something from the spirit of God, you hear the friends of God, and then the open doors or the closed doors are showing the way. That is how you can walk out and know and discern the will of God in your life. The word of God, the spirit of God, the friends of God, and the open doors or closed doors that are in front of you. When you get those four lights happening in your life, you can move in confidence knowing that God has said yes to that job, yes to that dating, yes to that lifestyle, yes to that habit. Here's what I want you to know. The Spirit of God will never, ever disagree with the Word of God. All right? So what you've got to realize is you might have a buddy at work that's saying, oh, man, you're good. You're a Christian. It's okay. We're just going to go out. We're just going to, you know, we're not going to really get drunk. We're just, you know, we'll just have a good time this weekend. I'm driving. You don't have to worry about driving. I'm driving. And, and so you go out, and he's, he's telling you it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But I want you to know that thing you feel inside of you, if you feel any kind of spirit that says you're good to go, that's a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit and the Word of God always agree. So you're not gonna feel any kind of thing in your gut that tells you to disagree with the word of God. Pastorally, I gotta, I gotta look at you and tell you, you're not gonna date someone that the word of God tells you you shouldn't date and it'd be okay. There's just no such thing. You're not gonna, you're not, if the word of God says it, we're gonna trust it. So many times there is a real spirit in the air, in the earth. The Bible talks about it again and again and again. And so many times the sin we walk into is because we lean into the spirit of the world instead of the Holy Spirit. But the way you know it's the Lord is the Holy Spirit and the word of God agree every single time. And God wants you to move with confidence. He wants you to know you've heard from him. He wants you to know when you lean into the spirit of God, he's many times gonna make the comfortable uncomfortable. And he's gonna make those that are uncomfortable, he's gonna ultimately comfort their souls because his spirit and his word work together all the time. Now, let me put a button in that and take us back to the story of Samuel that we started with. So in the story of Samuel, I told you at the beginning that we really do get a choice. We get a choice to take the path of Eli or we get a choice to take the path of Samuel. So God told Samuel through Eli, here's what you do when the Lord speaks to you. You just simply say, speak Lord, your servant is listening. I want you to know that is the posture of a person who's gonna hear from God. But what's crazy in the story when you read about it is that Eli was the one that told him that it was the Lord, remember? Here's the deal though. Eli knew the voice of God, but he had turned off his personal obedience. And when you read 1 Samuel 3, what you find out is Eli had been a priest and had been listening to God for a long time. And at some point he decided to stop being obedient. The Bible actually says that one of the things that Samuel hears from the Lord when he says, speak Lord for your servant is listening, is God tells this young boy Samuel how disobedient Eli, his mentor had been. Eli had stopped disciplining his kids. He had start, started partnering with them. His sons were actually growing up in the tabernacle, were priests themselves. And you find out if you read the whole story that they had been taking the Lord's offering, things that were meant to be the Lord's, and they were stealing it and stealing it for themselves. Uh, it was actually meat. And one of the implications you find out later is that when Eli finally dies, the Bible says that he, he falls over in his chair and he dies because he was a fat man. 
what the scriptures are saying without saying is that Eli had been eating the fat that his sons had been stealing and he had stopped listening to God and started doing whatever he wanted to do. And so pastorally, this is where I've got to look at you and say, man, the good news today is this. God is speaking. It's not hard. It's so easy a kid can listen to him. Hearing is easy. Faith is difficult. Obedience is difficult. And somewhere along the way, Eli stopped listening to God. And I just, I've got to throw a flag of warning today and say, there is this terrifying, beautiful, powerful, holy God who pursues us and pursues us and speaks to us and speaks to us and says, come home, son. Come home, daughter. Stop walking that way. Stop being in that relationship. Don't go down that path. But ultimately, at some point, God will stop. And he will not be mocked. And please don't confuse. Listen, please don't confuse God's patience with his ultimately his endorsement of your sinfulness because the Bible is very clear with Eli that at some point God stops talking and he starts acting and so that is wildly terrifying but as a, as a minister of the word of God you need to know that You've got to know that pastorally. You need to know that you've been listening to God speak in his scriptures, by his Holy Spirit, by some Christian friends or maybe Christian loved ones or parents. Your circumstances, doors have been opening or doors have been closing and maybe you're here today and you're looking at that going, oh my goodness, there's green lights. I need to step into that. And I just want to say out loud, please take the posture of speak, Lord, your servant is listening and I want to act on it. I'm not going to turn you off. I'm not going to numb myself. I'm not going to sear my conscience because at some point God stops talking and he starts acting and when that day happens it's too late so every single week throughout the six weeks of this series you're going to get a chance to choose Eli's path or Samuel's path our prayer our encouragement everything we're doing as a church is that every single one of us would take the path of that childlike little boy who says yes to the Lord yes to that loving father's ways and follows him because it's ultimately the place that's going to lead you to a thriving life amen would you receive that word today if you will would you stand to your feet I want to pray for us as our worship team comes we created a little bit of space in the service today for you to hear from God Maybe you heard him through the word. Maybe you've heard him through your spirit. Maybe you've heard him through the friends in your life or the, the folks that love Jesus in your life. Maybe you're hearing him through circumstances. But I want you to take advantage of the next few moments as we sing to say yes to being obedient. Go ahead and predetermine, God, I'm gonna do whatever it is you tell me because I wanna walk on that path of life, trusting what Jesus said, that if my sheep will hear my voice and they will follow me and I will give them eternal life, you can trust him. Father God, thank you today. Thank you that you're still speaking. Thank you that your voice cuts through the noise. Thank you that your scripture is sharper than a double-edged sword and it separates all of our motives, all of the projection, all of the lies. And God, we've read your word today and your word is reading us. So Lord, I pray for your people, that your sheep would hear your voice, that they would respond to your call, your loving shepherding voice and that we would be a people that are really 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 again childlike in our faith that we would not be religiously hard like Eli who continued to ignore the voice of God ignore the warnings of God and ultimately it led to certain death and so God on behalf of 
your good news gospel message. I pray if there is a young man or a young woman, an old man or an old woman that are here today on a campus or online that needs to say yes to you, that today would be the day. They would give their life to you. They'd stop playing religious games and they would say yes right now to your saving, powerful, victorious cross, resurrection life, and your ultimate lordship in their life. We ask that you would do that. For your glory, our joy, the world's good. And as we sing, would you continue to minister? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.